Hey, before we get started, if you are ready to pass your exams and become a licensed architect, you're going to want to listen to this. We are revolutionizing architectural education. It is my goal and mission to help as many people as possible become licensed architects while still maintaining their happiness. So introducing the architecture of play. This is our secret podcast series that will transform the way you study and prep for your ARE. Imagine having a happy work-life balance while also pursuing your dream of becoming a licensed architect. I promise you, it is possible. Our seven-episode private podcast gives you exclusive access to the secrets that can make this dream a reality. Remember, the more fun you have, the more likely you are to pass your exams and become a licensed architect. Start listening today at dci.beyoungdesign.com slash secret podcast. Don't miss out. This is going to transform your exam prep and help you enjoy the process of becoming a licensed architect. All right, enjoy the episode. People have been reaching out and asking me all sorts of questions about the new rolling clock termination that NCARB announced last month. They've been asking me, when does it go into effect? Does this affect me? When is ARE 6.0 going to be happening? All this stuff. And I realized, hey, I'm all about the AREs. I talk about them all the time, but I realized that I don't actually have a lot of these answers. And so instead of just guessing or instead of doing a bunch of research and trying to find the answers, I realized, hey, let's just talk to NCARB directly. So today on the show, I have with me Jared Zern. Jared Zern is actually the VP of examinations over at NCARB, and we are getting all in it. He's even letting us know when to expect ARE 6.0. 6.0 to be out. And here's a hint. Yes, it's in the works and they pretty much have a date when you should expect to find out when it will be announced. So you're definitely going to want to listen up during this episode. So a little bit about Jared. He, like I said, is the VP of examination over at NCARB. He has been with NCARB since 2008 and he is all about transparency in the exam process. He is about efficiency and he is really making sure that the exam process is focused on quality and maintaining really high standards to make sure that the value of this profession and this license stays intact. So Jared was so generous to take a little bit of his time to come talk with me so that we could get you a lot more answers. And we dive deep into the whole new rolling clock termination policy, who it affects, who it doesn't affect, what to expect, when it all goes into effect, and also again, ARE 6.0. All right, let's get into it. Hello, everybody. I have with me today Jared Zern with NCARB, and I'm very excited to have him on because we've been getting all sorts of questions about this new rolling clock termination. I know so many people are very excited, which is amazing. And I've been getting asked questions and I realized I'm not the source. Let's go to the source so that we can find out exactly what everyone wants to hear and just find out more about what to expect in the coming years. So thanks so much for being here. Oh, you are welcome. Always happy to talk about the examination, right? Everybody's favorite topic. (laughs) Right? I know. It's funny you say that because when I was taking the exams, I say this all the time, I figured I would never look back at the exams. 
now somehow years later, I'm still in it, still talking about it. So <laughs> it's one of my favorite topics too, I guess. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And I mean, when I guess when I was taking the exam, I had probably the same thought. Like you, I just wanted to get it done. I wanted to get licensed. And I honestly never thought I would be working on the architect registration examination. Yeah. That's so funny. I love it. So yeah, I'd love to start out just finding out a little bit about the thought process and the decision making behind terminating the rolling clock. I know it's something that created a lot of pressure. And especially I heard um, from a lot of fellow mothers that it created a lot of pressure for planning out even having kids and all this stuff. And so I know that releasing, you know, the deadline essentially has really opened up a lot of doors for people. So I just wanted to hear from you kind of that process and even how that looked, how long has that even been in the works and kind of all that good stuff. Oh yeah. So that is a long question with a long answer. I think (laughs) the reality is NCARB has been studying the rolling clock policy and its impact for well over a year. We've been looking at this for quite some time, kind of tracking all all of our data on exam performance, both in ARE 4.0 and in ARE 5.0, and sort of figuring out longitudinally what is really the impact of the rolling clock policy. And you said it really well when you said, well, the rolling clock creates pressure. It sets a deadline for people. But that's when NCARB got into it, we're like, yeah, but that's not why we have the rolling clock policy. Like NCARB's job is not to put pressure on candidates, right, to get done. You know, you may not believe that as a candidate, uh, but no, the reality is NCARB job is not to put pressure on you. NCARB's job is to make sure that that exam score that you pass and we hand to the licensing board, that when the licensing board looks at it and says, should I give Jared an initial license to practice architecture? I'm confident in my yes or no decision. So the true purpose of the rolling clock has always been about exam validity, which means when you pass it and the state licensing board uses it, they're confident in that decision to give you a license. So from that framework, we really started digging in to let's look at our exam. Let's look at our items. We got down to the level of like looking at individual exam items and how long do they live on the exam and things like that. And then really debated this. So it wasn't just staff. And admittedly, staff was just a small part of the process. It was as staff at NCARB, I was involved in some of the research, right? Like go get answers. And then we gave the answers to our examination committee, which is a policy committee at NCARB that decides they make recommendations on what should or shouldn't be done with the exam. They made a recommendation up to the board of directors. And our board of directors was actually the body that decided, you know, looking at all the data, looking at the recommendations, keeping the rolling clock, it was creating artificial pressure, just like you said. It was too short. Um, this five-year time frame seemed very arbitrary. And so they said, yeah, we need to get rid of it. But at the same time, there was the discussion about, but we don't want to have exam scores last forever because they really can't. I mean, then you get into a validity conversation about, wait a minute, you passed the exam in 1986 and you're still not done and we're supposed to use that to count towards your score, you know, they weren't comfortable with that. And so that's what was the, I guess, impetus for the score validity policy, which is what the new policy is, which is, okay, you pass a division of the ARE, let's say it's with ARE 5.0, that score is valid as long as ARE 5.0 is alive, and then we'll use it at the end of ARE 5.0 to give you credit for ARE 6.0. And you basically get a plus one, if the way to think about it from an exam score perspective. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good point because like building codes, they're updated every couple of years. And so it makes sense that, you know, we're being tested and we're getting our license based on that current, especially with how quickly codes and requirements, sustainability, all that stuff is changing so rapidly. Technology. That's why when I first heard it, I'm like, I don't know, there's got to be some kind of catch here. But 
But that makes sense then that, you know, it's at least good until the next round, but that there is still some sort of kind of, I don't want to use the word deadline, but deadline in a way. And I think that brings up a really good question that a few people have reached out is, is there either an average or will there be a standard years like timeline when a new division will be rolled out? So I guess I can speak historically, right? So I have worked at NCARB since 2008 and I actually joined NCARB when ARE 3.1 was ending and ARE 4.0 was launching. And so I lived, I guess, my early years at NCARB through the first transition uh, that I can recall. And then I've obviously been at NCARB since we went from 4.0 to 5.0. So the average length of time that a version of the exam tends to live, and you can look historically at this too, it's about 10 years. We launched computer-based testing, actually NCARB did, I wasn't around at the time. Computer-based testing was launched in 1997. That's when the first computer-based exam was delivered. And they, you know they kind of kept delivering the same nine divisions for actually well more than 10 years. Then they started calling it ARE 3.0 because they made some content changes. And then they made it you know 3.1, which really wasn't much of a change to 4.0, live 10 years. And 5.0, honestly, is going to live at least 10 years. My guess is probably more like 12. Wow. I think that that would be a nice thing for a lot of people to hear because a couple people have said like, well, maybe they're already talking about ARE 6.0. It feels like we just started 5.0. And does that mean 6.0 is going to be rolling out like next year? And now we're, you know, on this. And so hearing that timeline, so it sounds like it's not necessarily like a fixed thing, like, okay, next year's 10 year mark. Do you have, and I don't know if you know this or not, or if there is sort of like system in place that signifies the need to go over to a new division? There is. So we have a process that we go through. You had said, well, you know, is NCARB already talking about 6.0? And I will share, yes, like NCARB is already talking about 6.0. And we have been very seriously for probably the last year. Like, let's start talking about the future of the examination. And what drove that was some people that are listening to this will remember that in 2022, NCARB did the analysis of practice, which was this huge survey across the industry about what are architects working on? What do they think are their primary things of importance? How do consultants engage with you as a professional? All of those kind of questions. I mean, this, this survey was well over an hour long. So we have taken that data and we are using that data to drive conversations with a couple of different committees inside of NCARB to talk about, yeah, like how does the exam need to change? What I will tell you is it's not going to happen quickly. We got the data last year. Our committees are starting to discuss it this year. Our committees will continue to discuss it the next year. And realistically, probably sometime in 2025, you're going to hear NCARB say, here's the plan for the future of the exam. Not that we're turning the new exam on in 2025, just here's the plan. And my history at NCARB tells me that that plan is probably going to take at least 18 months to implement because restructuring a licensure exam is not a quick process. Yeah, I can imagine that that takes a lot of different people to get involved and then also a lot of oversight, a lot of review. Once it's even done, I'm sure there's a lot of having to really make sure that it, all the you know T's are crossed and I's are dotted. So yeah. Absolutely. And again, part of that process is going back to our member boards, right? The state licensing boards and explaining to them how we want to change the exam and getting them to say, yeah, they, you know, they're okay with that. Because to be honest, the worst thing that could happen is NCARB says, oh, here's what we want the future of the exam to be like. And our state licensing boards say, well, I'm not going to accept that. I mean, that would be terrible for you and I and anybody else who's taking this exam to get to a state 
state licensing board and then they say no because you've already done all the work. We want them to say yes and we don't want them to question your results. Yeah. So speaking of the state licensing board, I know that there are quite a few states that are not implementing this new termination. Um, I'd love to talk about that a little bit because I know that, you know, it's such great news and then people find out that they're actually not able to do it. So a couple things I want to dive into is, first of all, what states, I think there's like maybe 13 or so and you don't have to name them off if I can put them in the notes or something, but maybe why, like what what are the reasonings behind that? If you could just maybe elaborate on that so those who are in those states can have an understanding of if and how and when it'll affect them. Yeah. Um, and so you are correct that originally when we NCARB said, okay, we're going to eliminate the rolling clock and we're going to migrate to a score validity policy. We have 55 members, right? The 55 jurisdictional licensing boards. At the time, there were 14 licensing boards that although they accept the ARE or licensure, they have specific rules written into their state rule book. And so what that means is some of our jurisdictions simply say, we will accept the architect you know, examination as administered by NCARP. It's very generic language. And what it allows is if we change a policy, their jurisdiction basically automatically adopts it. And that's the majority of the jurisdictions. That was the 41. So the other 14 jurisdictions, if you go look at their rules or even their state statutes, it'll say things like, we accept the architect registration exam as administered by NCARB. And these are the policies by which we evaluate it. And so the 14 jurisdictions that have been named to date have specific rolling clock language in their rules. So what we're doing is now we're actively working with those 14 jurisdictions to say, hey, how can we help you update your rule so this is no longer in the way? And I will share quick good news. As we are recording this, we have already heard back from one of those 14 that they're like, yep, we're good to go. Um, so there, we're down to 13, like as of today. And of course, our goal is to get down to zero as soon as possible. Are you able to share which one yet? Uh, well, so I would say, so Arizona has come back with, uh, based on their rules and their interpretation, they're good to go. They're not going to use the rolling clock as an impediment to anybody getting licensed. So that's great news. We'll just keep going. Admittedly, I will say though, I would love it to get done right away, but it's not going to get done right away because some jurisdictions, like the rule process in state government can take several months. So for those of you listening to this, you know, check out our website and you said you're going to post the list in the notes, which is great, but keep up to date with NCARB. And we're going to keep emailing you too, if you're in one of those jurisdictions, because as we make progress and more and more jurisdictions come into alignment, we're going to keep messaging that. And it honestly will probably take more than a year to get all 14 in line. And that's okay. Yeah. I what Maybe what I'll do too is I'll put the link so that it's live because as some start knocking off, then hopefully that will stay consistent. And I understand. I mean, I'm in California and California makes up their own rules for everything. Like we have additional requirements for all sorts of codes and, and regulations. And so I'm not totally surprised about that. But one thing that did surprise me is I did go into the rules and regulations that California Architect Board, and you know, I know this is specific for people in California, but I want to bring it up just so that if someone else goes onto their list, maybe it can make sense. But in the section where it did say, does California have your own rolling clock policy? It did say no. And so that was something that surprised me is that there isn't one implemented. And so I would have assumed it would have used NCARBs. Yeah. So let me clarify then, when you said you went and looked at their rules, were you on the NCARB website using our jurisdictional requirements tool? Yes, you're right. That is a clarification because I went on to my my portal and typed in my jurisdiction and that's where it popped up. Yes. Yeah. And so because the way the portal works, and I, that's a great tool, the jurisdictional licensing tools are great. I always promote, like, go check 
follow your state rules. That is based on a survey that they responded to about eight months ago Okay, before we had made this policy change. So we are going to be updating our jurisdictional licensing tool to call out which jurisdictions still require the rolling clock. Where you would find the actual language that's sort of binding California for the time being is you would have to go to like the state statutes. Like if you go to the California Architects Board website, which I know is super exciting. So go to their website, (laughs) click on their licensing board rules. If you read through the rules, there's a part of their rules that actually specifically calls out the rolling clock. So we'll be working with California in this case to modify their rule. So that way they just eliminate that language. And then once they do that, great. We'll update everybody who's a California candidate. We'll go back. We'll remove the rolling clock from that jurisdiction and hopefully everything will just automatically get updated. You'll get credits back and all those great, wonderful things. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. That's very helpful so that people know the right place to look. And that rolls in really well to the next topic is just really understanding the new process. So you mentioned getting credits back. Can you just really briefly for someone who is in a jurisdiction that allows it and maybe did have some credits fall off due to this, what does that look like for them? Are people getting like finding out all of a sudden that they actually are done with all the exams? I'm really, I'm very interested to find out a little bit more about that. Sure. So what we will do at NCARB is we are going to go back because again, the score validity policy says, right, you get credit for the version you took and for the next one. So basically we get to go back to the very first ARE 4.0 exam ever delivered, which was in 2008. And that person had passed the division, but yet are not ARE complete. So it has since expired. We are going to basically give, we're going to give that candidate that score back. It's going to be revalidated. And then that score will count to give credit in 5.0. And so the answer is yes, there are some candidates. Um, When this policy goes into effect on May 1st, we have 11 candidates that are going to be ARE complete that were not ARE complete today. Like from doing, all they have to do is just wait until the policy goes into effect. And basically what's happening is they're getting credits for something that they took that has since expired. They're done. That's incredible. I bet that opening up that email was probably just like, what? (laughs) Thank you, universe. (laughs) Yeah. And it's great you you mentioned email because NCARB has already done that. Like we have already sent emails to all of the different candidates with their situation. And so we're trying to notify you. So I guess that's the other plug. I will say if you have not kept an updated email address on file in your NCARB record, that's how we communicate with you. So please keep your information updated in your NCARB record because we will tell you specifically how you're being impacted by this policy change or any other policy change in the future. Yeah, that's important to make sure that you're diving into it. Who knows? Maybe you could be a licensed architect next month or in two months. So you did say it goes into effect May 1st. Correct. It goes into effect May 1st. Our board of directors actually passed this policy officially at their January board meeting. We needed a couple of months to do some implementation work, obviously, but we didn't also want to wait until everything was like perfect, perfect. And we had all 14 of these jurisdictions in line because why wait a year when this can impact thousands of candidates right away? So the reason that we picked that April, it's the end of April day. So it goes into effect on May 1st is what that means is no 5.0 scores will expire. Because if you go all the way back in history to when 5.0 began and you add five years to it, plus you add the 18 month rolling clock extension everybody received during the pandemic, that put us at May 1st. So we wanted to basically beat that date from a policy perspective. I think it's going to be really helpful to so many people. And again, I have had mothers or people who have wanted to be mothers and parents too, but I think it really does affect the mothers who I recently interviewed a woman who had to take off two years because she had a really hard pregnancy and literally physically couldn't go in and take the exam. So I think this is a really amazing opportunity for a lot of people 
who were kind of held back by that deadline. Right. I mean, there's all kinds of life circumstances that we understand. Like Mm -hmm. life circumstances can get in the way. And whether you had children, you have aging parents that all of a sudden, like you just have to take care of parents. Like Mm -hmm. there's so many different factors. And we used to do, as you know, rolling clock extensions. So people could come and get a rolling clock extension. But for like birth or adoption of a child, it was only six months. Mm -hmm. Right. And it seemed like, well, that's pretty quick, depending on the situation. For some people, that's great. Six months totally worked. For other people, it didn't. Policy things that was debated as well. Should we just extend extensions? Should we keep doing five years? But should we just give people longer extensions? And we were like, well, why? Like, why are we going to try to keep, again, keep this pressure on you, but yet then give you extensions? Why not just remove it and say, okay, it's all based on exam version. You're good to go. Yeah. And I can imagine that that would even add that pressure because it's like, well, what if they don't accept my extension and whatnot? So I think the way it's done now, it's just, it's easy. It's easier to understand. I think that that's really all the questions that I had specifically from people wondering. I think the other one I was just thinking of is there is, I believe it said an 18 month rollover period when a new division would start and an old one. Is that correct? So you get to almost choose which one you want to go into. Is that right? Again, that's kind of based on history. So we, NCARB has promised this. We have promised that before we ever launch 6.0, we're going to give candidates at least an 18 month notice. And like I said, I think candidates should be paying attention in the 2025 year because I think that's when NCARB is going to make this announcement. I mean, we're going to say, hey, Aries 6.0 is coming and it's very likely going to launch at this time frame. Hey, before we get started, if you are ready to pass your exams and become a licensed architect, you're going to want to listen to this. We are revolutionizing architectural education. It is my goal and mission to help as many people as possible become licensed architects while still maintaining their happiness. So introducing the architecture of play. This is our secret podcast series that will transform the way you study and prep for your ARE. Imagine having a happy work-life balance while also pursuing your dream of becoming a licensed architect. I promise you it is possible. Our seven-episode private podcast gives you exclusive access to the secrets that can make this dream a reality. Remember, the more fun you have, the more likely you are to pass your exams and become a licensed architect. Start listening today at dci.beyoungdesign.com slash secret podcast. Don't miss out. This is going to transform your exam prep and help you enjoy the process of becoming a licensed architect. All right, back to the episode. Right. That doesn't mean that 5.0 will be turned off when 6.0 launches and that some other people will get really freaked out. Let's be honest. They'll get freaked out about it because they're like, oh my gosh, NCARB's turning off 5.0. But that's not what we're saying. Again, historically, NCARB has done at least a 12 month. When we transitioned from 3.1 to 4.0, we gave 12 months of what we call dual delivery. Both exams are running. Candidates can test. You can't test in both at the same time, but you can keep testing in 3.1 or you can jump over to 4.0. Did the exact same thing when we went from 4.0 to 5.0. You can keep testing in 4.0 or now you could jump over to 5.0. I guarantee we'll do the same thing when we get into 6.0. Like, okay, here's 5.0. What do you want? Do you want to keep going and try to get done or would you rather jump into 6.0? The new policy though, I think will help candidates make that choice because to be Mm -hmm. honest, if you're a 4.0, you're using 4.0 exams to get 5.0 credits, you will want to get done in Mm 5.0 because if you jump to 6.0, that 4.0 score doesn't give you any credit in 6.0. So there will be a 
moment where, again, NCARB will help you understand the transition, but every candidate's going to have to make the best decision for them. And we tend to give you the choice on how to do that. We're not going to force you. If you want to say, yeah, I'm done with 5.0, I want to jump to this 6.0 model. Great. We're not going to stop you. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because if you are maybe studying for the exams, but you haven't quite yet taken one and 6.0 is released, take 6.0 so that you can go into that one and the next one. Exactly. That's the kind of advice that candidates are going to need at that time. I would give the exact same advice to somebody. I'd be like, well, yeah, why don't you just start in 6.0 because then any score is good for 6.0 and we'll give you credit for 7.0. Let's be honest, which would be again a decade away. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Jared, thank you so much. Is there anything that I maybe didn't dive into that you feel is important for people to know? Um, I think you've, you've covered all of the, I think the basics. I would say a good question might be like, how is all of this going to look to candidates when the policy rolls out? Because I think that's another part where admittedly it's going to kind of roll out in phases. So it's a good topic area. Yeah. Do you want to dive into that a little bit? Sure. Again, because NCARB chose to pass the policy in January, but yet implement it very quickly in our minds afterward, I will not promise that every little perfect piece of our system is going to be worked out. So Mm -hmm. what we are doing is we're working with our vendors that control exam eligibilities and your score reporting and all of those kind of things to go into the system right away in the end of the April timeframe. They are going to basically in the short term, give everybody a giant rolling clock extension that qualifies. So if you're in one of the 41 jurisdictions, you're going to get a giant rolling clock extension because that will temporarily reset any expired scores from 4.0 and calculate credits for 5.0. Then over the months of like May, June, and July, we're going to do just some final tweaks in the system just to kind of basically pretty it up, right? Make it look a little bit better for you on the candidate. But I would say if a candidate logs into their NCARB record on May 1st, don't freak out if you see that you have a credit for, let's say, project planning and design. And that credit is good until, and it'll have some really long date. Mm-hmm. It's going to say, you know, something like July 7th of 2035. What's going to happen over the next couple of months is we're basically going to, you know, strike out that code. We're going to make some system updates so you won't even see the rolling clock. In the interim, knowing the timeline, working with our vendors, I can guarantee not every little perfect piece of the system will be updated. And that's okay. It doesn't mean your score is going to expire and it's not going to expire in 2035 either. It just means that, okay, that's what we're using as a placeholder until all the systems can be updated. I think that's a really important message to send out there because, you know, with any new policy or any new system, there's going to be not totally trial and error, but there's going to be bugs that need to be filtered out. So don't get too frenzied, you know, and and I'm sure that you guys are going to have a lot of messages flooding in. You probably already have. And so where's the best place for people to reach out if they do have questions? Well, I mean, best place frontline is if you're just nervous about this policy and how it's going to impact you, call our customer service line. Call NCARB customer service or go to our website, ncarb.org forward slash contact, and you can send an email into customer service. It will give you a chance to talk about you specifically, which I know is what really matters to you as a candidate. It's great that I can give you a bunch of general information, but you're like, yeah, but Jared, what about me? And I understand that. So our customer service is your frontline. We will, of course, be sending you, just like you said, we're going to be putting out a lot of information. So when we do send you emails over the next couple of months, please at least skim them, like open them up, (laughs) kind of skim them quick, make sure that the content, what we're saying, because I don't want you to miss an important piece of information that's related to you. And we will be sending out more rounds of emails to each candidate individually saying, this is how you're being impacted. And if you read it, and again, have any questions, contact our customer service line, because then they can walk you through your situation. I guess the other thing I'll throw out some resources that we still have available. Anyone who was testing during 4.0 to 5.0 transition got used to using what was called the transition calculator. And we still have that 
that tool available on our website. And so you can, I mean, you can literally just go to Google and search NCARB ARE Transition Calculator and it'll come up and it allows you to go click on the scores you have and it will, sh- or are going to be revalidated and it will show you what credits you're going to get in 5.0. Yeah, that's perfect because yeah, if you have credits that are, you probably haven't thought about in years, maybe from 4.0, now you can see how that affects you. Now, I know this is maybe, I feel like I know the answer, but maybe just worth asking. Say someone had an exam that went off that they're going to be getting back, but they already took and passed the other one. That's just, it is what it is, right? It is what it is. Admittedly, if you are ARE complete, because some of our listeners probably are like, oh, I'm already done. Well, that's great. You're done. Like, Mm -hmm. we're actually not going to touch your record. If you're done, Mm -hmm. we're not doing anything. We're not going to go back and give you a rolling clock extension. Mm -hmm. If you are somebody that had something expire in 4.0 and then came back, let's say in 5.0 and took the corresponding division, what I'm going to say to you is great. I mean, I think you did the right thing. You kept going under the then current policy. And again, we're not going to, we're going to still go back and revalidate your score, but it's really not going to make a difference to you because you took that 5.0 exam and passed it. Yeah, and I agree with you. You can't ever put things like this on hold with the idea that something might happen in the future because you never know. So, and and kudos to them. (laughs) Exactly. No, exactly. Like, that's great. You kept on the path. You, You did what you needed to do based on all the rules that were in place at the time. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Before we sign off, I do have one other question that has come in, but it's not related to rolling clock. And so that's why I saved it for the end. I think this has been incredibly informative and now people will know where to go. And I'll put these links to below uh, so people can just go straight there. But I did have a question from another professional who is really interested in volunteering. Is there a way for professionals to get involved or become volunteers so that they can help with exam questions? Or, you know, I'm not sure how exam questions are technically written, but is there a way that professionals licensed can get involved? Yes. The short answer is yes. And actually it is licensed professionals that write the exam questions. Like I don't write exam questions. I'm NCARB staff. My job is to facilitate the committee work. And so what NCARB does is we do a call for volunteers every year and volunteers come from our state licensing board. So we reach out to our member board members and we say, would you like to volunteer on an NCARB committee? We also sometimes send emails directly to our NCARB certificate holders and say, would you like to volunteer to work on NCARB? And also just some people reach out to us and say, hey, I really want to volunteer for NCARB. And then what we do is we basically take your name and we add it to our little database list. And then you will get the next call for volunteers to say like, hey, NCARB's looking. I'll tell you, we work with anywhere from about 150 to sometimes over 200 volunteers a year on writing ARE questions at different phases. So we have some volunteers that they write totally new items. That's their job. They just crank out new items and it's a lot of work. I will tell I thank them so much every single year. They do a ton of work for NCARB. We have other volunteers that write case studies. So if you've ever taken a case study that was written by a different group of volunteers, we have other volunteers that all they do is quality control for us, which is again, fantastic. Before an ARE question ever makes it to you, the candidate, there is at least a dozen architects who have had eyes on that item and said, yep, this is relevant to the practice of architecture. So we're always looking for volunteers. Again, if you are not a member board member serving on your state licensing board, if you don't get the email from NCARB because you're an NCARB certificate holder, you can, again, reach out to NCARB customer service and just say, I'm interested in volunteering for NCARB. And then we'll add you to our list and we'll start emailing you when opportunities arrive. Awesome. I think I actually just got uh, some emails saying that the open period for volunteers is closing or something like that. So it, I definitely can see that. Yeah. It's interesting timing right now. So our call for this next round of volunteers just closed. Mm-hmm. So there's a bunch of people that are right now being slotted into our next round of volunteers. But again, if you're interested, please reach out. Let us know. We'll 
we'll put you on the list and you'll get the call next year for sure. And even mid-year, because sometimes NCARB spins up special little task forces or work groups and we go to our pool and we're just like, hey, who said they want to volunteer? And we reach out to you. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So it sounds like customer service is kind of the one-stop shop for anything and then they'll send you where you need to go. That's exactly right. Because okay. again, like admittedly, people are like, oh, can I call you, Jared? And I'm like, well, sure you can try, but I'm <laughs> never in my office. And so that's usually not the best approach. Whereas if you call customer service, admittedly, if you have a critical issue, they're going to escalate it up. That's what they do. If you call to be a volunteer, they're going to hand that off over to what's called our council relations team. They'll add you to the database. So we are trying to make your life easy by giving you a single point of contact. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for taking the time to be here. And I know that's going to be so valuable for a lot of people. I know that people have been excited, but I think there's been some weariness and I think this will hopefully create some ease and, and excitement too for this next future. And also I'm sure they'll all be making sure they have the recent email list to make sure they're getting those, especially around 2025. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a big year. I think. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again. And maybe we'll talk soon. <laughs> okay, great. Well, thanks for okay. having us again. Ancarb is always, we're willing to talk about our program. Yeah. So thanks very much. Well, maybe we'll have to have you back again sometime too, talking about more exam side of things, because there's always lots of questions on that too. Sounds great. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Jared. You're welcome. Thank you all so much for listening in on today's episode. Thank you again to Jared for taking the time to come on here and chat with us and give us a breakdown. I personally feel better now that we chatted because at first, I'm not going to lie, it felt a little like, hmm... Like, what really is going on here? And after talking to Jared, I really feel like, you know, they all have you and us in their best interests, and they're trying to listen and take into account what is working and what is not working. And again, with any new policy change, we have to be patient, but we also have to ask a lot of questions so that we can figure it out. I'm sure as this goes into effect, May 1st, there is still going to be questions, so definitely go check out all the resources he mentioned, go talk to customer service so you can find out specifically for you how the new change is going to impact your situation. All right. Thank you all so much for being here. If you have any additional questions, reach out to them, head over to Instagram, DM me, and I will see you next week. And in the meantime, I know you're just dying to continue on, watch another video or listen to a podcast. So check out all of our past episodes on the podcast, or you can watch this video here. Have a good one.